Good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, we hope that you are doing well. We miss seeing you all, but we're so glad we can gather this way. We're going to start a new series today at Homestead that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks called The Adventures of Paul. And we're going to be talking about the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, he is one of the most important people in the Bible. Um, other than Jesus, no one has done more to shape Christianity than Paul. So much of what we read in the New Testament was either written by Paul or even written about Paul. And so I think it's really important that we learn more about his life and his ministry. I think this will help us as we're reading the New Testament, as we're reading all these stories, to have a greater understanding of not only what was going on in the early church in the New Testament, but also what was going on in Paul's life that God used to inspire him to write so many of the books of the Bible. So let's just talk a little bit about who Paul was. Paul was born in Tarsus to Jewish parents who were Roman citizens. Now this is a really important part. Paul was Jewish, so that means he had studied the Old Testament his whole life. Not only that, Paul was an exceptional student, and so he, as he got older, he was educated to become a Pharisee. Now, in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the story of Jesus, we hear all the time about the Pharisees, about these religious leaders who were in charge of all of the religion in the temple. Those were the Pharisees. Well, Paul was on his way to becoming one of those. He was smart, he was educated, and he was being groomed to become a Pharisee, one of the leaders of the Jewish faith. It's also important to know that he was a Roman citizen. So Rome had conquered this whole part of the world. And so if you were a Roman citizen, you had different rights than everyone else. Now you will see all over the writings of Paul that the fact that he was a Roman citizen, even though he was Jewish, saved his life a number of times. And it gave him some advantages in sharing the gospel. And I want you to stop and see something right here, right away as we start talking. God knows where you are going. He knows the plans that he has for you. He knows everything that he has orchestrated for your whole life. And every single part of your story is being factored into God's plans for you. If Paul hadn't been born into the family that he was born into, he wouldn't have had such incredible training about the Old Testament, which then helped him to be able to write the books of the Bible with such incredible context and history. He wouldn't have had such a deep understanding of the faith, of the Jewish faith and God's plan for those people. And he wouldn't have been a Roman citizen, which gave him all kinds of advantages and really saved his life a number of times and helped him as he was preaching the gospel. Paul's past was an important part of his future and your past is an important part of your future where you come from, all of the things that you've gone through, those are all part of God's sovereign plan for your life. And he is orchestrating all of those things. Don't ever discount his plan. He is preparing every day of your life and he is gonna use every single one of those things for his glory and his good. So Paul grows up, he's studying to be a Pharisee and he is a tent maker by trade. That means that he, he makes tents for a living. But more importantly, as he grows up, 
he becomes one of the main leaders of those persecuting Christians. Now that means he hated Christians. He thought Jesus was a phony. He thought that the Christians were the worst. He was a part of that Pharisee group that were trying to destroy anyone who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And he had made it his life's mission to stop the people who believed in Jesus. But something pretty incredible happens to Paul pretty early on in the story. And so we're going to go now to our favorite Big Top Kids Toy Theater to hear the story about how everything changed for Paul. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Big Top Kids Toy Theater. After Jesus ascended to heaven, the disciples began to preach the gospel and many people became believers. Tell me I about believe Jesus. in Jesus. I, I believe. Really I believe. Let it go. There was one man named Saul who did not like the Christians, and they were scared of Saul because he persecuted them and had them arrested. Oh, I don't like him. And Saul even had some of the Christians killed. I am brute. One day, Saul was on the road to Damascus. And he was ready to find more Christians and throw them into prison. When all of a sudden, a great light flashed all around him from heaven. And Jesus, Jesus appeared to Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul was blinded by the light and he was led to a house in Damascus where he couldn't see and he had nothing to eat or drink for three days. There was a disciple named Ananias and he had a vision from the Lord, and God appeared to Ananias and said to him, Ananias, go to Damascus and look for a man named Saul. He is praying and he needs help. And Ananias said, But isn't that the one who is persecuting and arresting all the Christians? I do not want to go to there. And God said, I have a plan for Saul's life. You need to go and tell him about Jesus. Okay, are you sure? Yes, I am sure. Okay, where is he? He is in Damascus. Where in Damascus? He's on the street called Straight. Which street is that? It's the street in Damascus. The straight one? Yes, the straight one. Ananias went and found Saul, and he told him about Jesus. And that very day, Saul was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And just then, as he was prayed for, the scales fell off of his eyes, and he could see. From then on, Saul was known as the Apostle Paul. Hello, my name is now Paul. And he wrote many books of the New Testament and went on many missionary journeys. Everywhere he went, he told more and more people about Jesus. The 
end. So this is the moment that everything changes for Paul. Jesus gets a hold of him. Jesus shows up. He has an incredible experience. And Paul is changed forever. This shows us that no one is beyond the power of God to be saved, changed, and turned around to be used for the glory of God's kingdom. From this moment on, not only was Paul changed and Paul a different person, but the whole world was changed because of what God did in that moment when he came and changed Paul's life. Nothing would ever be the same. So after this conversion experience that Paul had, he takes the first 10 years after that, and he's studying, he's learning, he stays in Damascus for a while, he goes around to some different places, but the fun is just starting for Paul. So I want you to turn to Acts 13 in your Bibles. Acts is in the New Testament. It's um, just a little past, it's the first book past all of the Gospels, so about halfway through your Bible. Find Acts chapter 13. And in verse 1, it says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Mannion, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. Now, let me stop real quick. Saul was Paul's name. And so in just a few verses later, the Bible just switches and starts to call him Paul. So just so that you know, Saul was his original name, which was a very Jewish name. And then he changes his name to Paul, which was a name that would have been more open to the Gentiles, those who weren't a part of the Jewish faith. So Saul and Paul are the same person, and this is the moment that his name is changed. But Saul is among these prophets and teachers in the church of Antioch, which is where the first Christian church started. So verse 2 says, One day, as these men, these leaders, were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. This is the moment of the beginning of Paul's great adventure. Now, I want to do a couple fun things today. I want you to turn to the very back of your Bible, okay? So in the very back of my Bible, and in most Bibles, there are a bunch of maps. And you probably wondered, why are maps even in there? And there's, there's a lot of different things. There's some things from the Old Testament. But if you flip through your Bible, you will probably find a map that is labeled Paul's Missionary Journeys. And that's what I have right here. So I want you to turn to your Bible. Maybe, kids, you don't have it in your Bible. You could look in your parents' Bible. We're going to put some pictures on the screen, too, for those of you that want to see it. But I want you to look at the map in the back of your Bible that says Paul's Missionaries' Journeys. Because for the rest of Paul's life, he becomes a missionary, which means he went all over to different countries to tell people about Jesus. Now, it's important to remember, I want you to look at your map and you're going to see Judea, kind of down at the bottom. 
that's where Jesus lived. That's where Jesus lived with the disciples. That's where all the disciples were from. That's where Paul um, was originally. So this is the only place that people knew the story of Jesus. And it become begun to spread a little bit. So if you look up a little bit, it'll say Antioch, a little bit north, which is in Syria. Again, that's the place that the first Christian church was established. So the gospel had been spread a little bit, but that was the only little part of the world that had learned about Jesus. And so if you look, I've got little lines that are different colors that begin to show me the different version or different journeys that Paul had. So you can start at Antioch, put your finger on Antioch, or just look at it if you're looking at it on the screen. And then Paul began to go around. Now he took three missionary journeys, okay? So he started, and I want you to kind of just trace along with me and follow along. Paul's first journey um, he traveled with Barnabas and John Mark, and he went to Cyprus and Turkey. Now, he traveled about 1,400 miles. And in some of the research that I did, Paul would have traveled one of two ways during this time. There were roads. They were Roman roads. The Romans had built roads all over the world, and they would have been stone roads. But Paul would have been traveling by foot most of the time. So when we talk about these journeys and how far Paul was traveling, think he was walking most of these ways. Now there are some places, and if you look at your maps, you're gonna see that there are some places that he is traveling over water. And so he would travel by boat. And we're gonna read some stories and learn a little bit about some of Paul's experiences on the water too. But for the most part, Paul is gonna be walking. He is gonna be walking to all these places. So Paul's first journey was 1,400 miles, his first missionary journey. That would be as if you got up right now, walked out your front door and walked to Orlando, Florida. That would be about the same distance. And that is where Paul went. So look at your map again. I want you to trace where he's going. First, he went to Antioch. Then he went to Seleucia, Salamis, Pergia. Then he went to Antioch of Pisidia, which is in Turkey. Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. Iconium, back to Antioch, to Pisidia, Pamphylia, and Perga. Attila, Antioch, and back to Jerusalem. So hopefully you followed along in your map and went all the way around and saw where Paul's first missionary journey took him. Okay, then he went on a second missionary journey. Um, Acts 15 through 18 tells us about that journey. He traveled with Silas, Timothy, Priscilla, and Aquila, and Luke. And he went to Syria, Turkey, Greece, and Jerusalem. Now you can look at all of those places. See what, what it says in your map. Mine is green for Paul's second journey. Um, that would have been 2,800 miles. That would have been as if you walk out your front door right now and you walk to Alaska. That is how far Paul's second missionary journey was. And he went to Syria, Sicilia, Derby, Lystra, Troas. You can follow along. Philippi. Um, Apollonia, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens, Corinth, Ephesus, Caesarea, and then he went back to Jerusalem and back up to Antioch. So that's Paul's second missionary journey. And finally, Paul went on a third journey with Timothy, Luke, and others. This was another 2,700-mile trip, and he went back to some of the places he had been before. So you can trace it in your Bible, all of those places that Paul went on his journey. Look at where all the places he went. Now I want you to keep your finger there on your map and I want you to go to the completely other side of your Bible, the table of contents, the very first thing. So for me, it's on page one, okay? And I want you to look at the New Testament and I want you to look 
at the books listed in the New Testament, okay? So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what I want to show you is next. All the next uh, chunk of books were written by the Apostle Paul. Acts. Well, actually, Acts was written by Luke, but the rest of them were. So Romans was written by Paul, then 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. All of those books of the Bible were written by Paul. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Those were letters that were written to churches he had visited. Keep your finger there. Flip back to your map. I want you to look at some of those cities. Galatia was one of the cities that we listed. That shows us the book that then Paul later wrote back to a letter to his friends in Galatia, the book of Galatians. You can look at Thessalonica was on his journey. That's where the book of Thessalonians comes from. Corinth was another place that he went. The letter to the people in Corinth is first and second Corinthians. So I just wanted you to make that connection in your Bibles. I think it's pretty interesting. You could maybe see if you can go back and forth and see where those were written to. First and second Timothy were letters written to Timothy who joined Paul on his second missionary journey. So it's really interesting. I think it's going to help us understand how the books of the Bible work together when we understand and we have in our minds Paul getting out and walking and ending up in Corinth and spending time with those people there and telling them about Jesus and new believers start to pop up and they begin to learn and they form a church and then Paul moves on and then he writes a letter back to talk to them about the things that he's hearing or things that they're struggling with. I think that if we understand Paul's great adventure, it will help us understand all of scripture. So I just want to leave you with a couple quick points today. I want you to look back at Acts 13 again, verses 2 through 4. And this is what it says. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and more prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them out on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. I want you to know today that the first steps of great things always start with small steps of small things. This wasn't some big, huge world domination plan set up by Paul and the early leaders of the Christian church. This was a handful of people who loved God sitting in a room together praying, seeking God, fasting, listening to what God said. And suddenly there was a little small step commissioned Paul and Saul to go out. And so they prayed a little more to see what God would say. And it came again. The Holy Spirit said, there's a special work for these two to do. And so they prayed, they fasted, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them out. First steps of great things always start with small steps of small things. I imagine in that room, they never could have imagined how many wall, um, miles Paul's feet would have walked. They couldn't have imagined the impact on the world that Paul's journeys would have had. But in that moment, they just said, I think that you too, I think the Holy Spirit is saying you should go and do something. And maybe for you today, there's just, you have a big dream or God is putting something in your heart. But maybe it just starts with a small step. Maybe you don't even know what the big step is, but God has been asking you to do a little step. 
big things always start with little steps. So I want to encourage you, just like Paul's small steps continued and grew and magnified and multiplied, and we are holding it in our hands today, God can use small steps of obedience in your life to do amazing things. So the first thing, what is the small step God has for you? Number two, you also have a special work. We pray all the time, Jeff and I, for you, our homestead families, that God will raise you up for a specific work, that there is something unique to you, your background, your history, your personality, your gifts, your talents, all of the things that make you uniquely you mean that God has a unique plan for you to use to help reach the world for him. Luke 10, 2 says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. And that is something I pray every single morning. And Jeff prays every single morning. We pray for your families, for all kinds of things, but we pray, God, let them find the special work that you have for them. That specific work for our kids, for our young people, for our adults. It doesn't matter if you're 5 or 15 or 50 or 500. God has a special work for you to do. And he wants to send you out to accomplish it. So number three, the most important thing to remember, what would God have you do? How can you find out what that good work is, what that small step is? What I love about this is it says that they just prayed. They were worshiping God. They were focusing on him. They were praying. They were fasting. They were together. And God in that moment showed them the next steps. So I want to challenge you. First of all, I want you to pray. I want you to say, okay, God, what, what small step do you have for me? What is the good work you want me to do? Spend a little time. Um, they were setting aside actual time to pray and worship God. And in that moment, that's where God revealed something. So some of us, we don't ever stop and pray and listen and seek God. And so we don't ever hear what he has because we haven't taken the time. So I want to encourage you to pray. Ask God, what is the special work you have for me? Second, fast. Now, fasting, this is where I get clarity in my life. When I pray and I hear God whisper something, and we see this in Acts 13, they, they heard God say something, so they took more time to fast and pray. Fasting, I believe, is where we get clarity on what our next steps are. It's where God really fine-tunes. He begins to flesh out the vision. You might have just an idea or something in your mind of something God has kind of put in your heart. But when I begin to fast, and whether that means I take time and I, I fast food, which I probably could afford to do right now in the corona season, whether it's fasting food or maybe sometimes I fast media so that I can just quiet myself. Sometimes I fast other activities so that I can just focus in. I think all of us right now could just maybe take a little time to focus in and say, okay, God, I'm focusing in on this one thing. Where are you saying to me about next steps in my life? So they prayed and they fast because that's where we get our clarity. And lastly, they were commissioned. They were together. They were talking about it. This was a community thing. So you need to tell somebody what God is putting in your heart. Their community rallied around them. Those other leaders said, you know, I think this is what God's saying. Yeah, I hear that too. I feel that. You know what? I really feel like God is putting this on Saul, on Paul and Barnabas, that we're supposed to send them out. Yeah, I think so too. Something amazing happens when you begin to speak out what God is telling you. So I want to encourage you, maybe it's just to your spouse. Maybe you want to call me 
I'm happy to listen. I got plenty of time. Maybe it's something you want to call another friend or some people close in your life and say, you know what? It's just a whisper right now, but would you pray with me more about what that means? And once they gain clarity in the vision, it was the community that sent them out. And so Homestead Church, you have a special work that God has for you in this season. Homestead Big Top Kids, Homestead Youth, Men, Women, God has a special work for you. And this is the time to get some clarity. You know, I've heard the word a lot uh, during Corona uh, season right now. We're pivoting. We're pivoting. I hear this a lot at work. Well, we had to pivot to online education. Now we had to pivot to this. I've been thinking a lot about this is a really good time to pivot in your life. Maybe you're furloughed. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you still have your job, but you're kind of reevaluating everything. This is a really great time to just stop and take a step, step back and say, God, am I doing what you asked me to do? Is there something new for me in this season? This is a really good time to pivot and to get some clarity and spend some time seeking God as things are already quieter in the world. You can even take a step back further and say, God, I'm seeking you for direction in this time. And so I just want to close this time today by praying for you. Just like the men in this story prayed for Saul and Barnabas, and God showed them what was going to happen, that he was, they were supposed to be sent out, and they laid hands on them and commissioned them. I want to pray for you today that God would show you what the next steps are, that he would begin to birth something inside of your heart, and then as you pray more that you would get clarity about it, and that these small steps would begin big things for the kingdom of God. So Lord, I just pray for my friends, Lord. Your word tells us that we are to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers. And so Lord, my friends on the other side of these screens today, Lord, they have special gifts and talents that you have given them. And so Lord, I am asking Holy Spirit right now that you would begin to even stir something up inside of them of what is next. I pray, Lord God, that you would just give them a vision for what is next, how they can reach their world, their community, their family, the little circle that you have put them in part of, God. Would you begin to reveal what the special work is for them? And Lord, I pray that in this next coming week that they would find time to seek you, to get alone with you, to fast and pray, to gain some clarity and some direction as to what those new steps might be. And that, Lord, this would become just an incubator time, Lord, that dreams are being dropped into the hearts of your people and they're beginning to grow and flourish. And Father, in a month, in two months, in a year, we are gonna see a mighty, influx of workers into the harvest with new and creative ideas as to how they can reach the kingdom of God for everyone in their communities. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Have a great week.